Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend, a perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. A body organ, rearranger. You feel my danger. Nooner time. Welcome to the Nooner Show with Jay Dubs and Denise Brennan Nelson. We're broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Rock and Royal Oak, Michigan. You can find us at podcastdetroit.com. It's Nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. Oh, Rock, you're not feeling too good today, no, are you? I've got a pretty nasty cold. Oh, I think it's too <laughs> much partying at your shows, Rocky. I don't know what it is, Jack, yeah, but... it's <laughs> probably why you only do one once a month, huh? Yeah, you know, i got to keep up. So. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look like you're keeping up, though. No. We're getting there. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here, though. I know Thanks. you're not feeling good. I wouldn't have missed but it. But you had a great show Friday. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, and... Uh, we had Brian Schramm come out, and he got up on stage, which was really fun. I know. Now, do you cool. talk to these guys ahead of time? No, they just up? surprise me. You, I can't believe that they do that. I know. I'm I'm loved. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's probably putting them on the spot, announcing know, it in front I of just, a packed venue. Oh, they're coming up to do. I know. He's such a pro. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. Because <laughs> it almost looked rehearsed. I know. But, which, uh, yeah, but no, it was totally impromptu. And of course, the gentleman mutineers were phenomenal. Yeah, like as usual. I know. I, yeah. told him, I told Brian, I was like, you better not steal my band. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They all looked yeah, like they he, had a little too much fun playing for him. So. Yeah, yeah, you think? <laughs> but no, that was awesome. And then uh, Chris Long. Yeah, he, he came, came out, out all the way the from way. Grand Rapids. I so know, that was, was happy cool. to see my brother from another mother. Yep. And then you had a big day on Sunday. Oh, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't really me. Uh, but yeah, but you organizing uh, it. And well, Team Money's a uh, big collaboration of my, um, what's the name of it? My Home Detroit. Yeah, My Home Detroit. Yeah. Uh, song that he's putting together that uh, collaboration of yeah. amazing musicians yep. in the area. It was kind of fun. I went to uh, and checked out his studio for the first time. Oh, cool. Um, this is his expanded version. And um, he had a guy named Shadow decorate the whole thing who's an artist. It's oh, cool. really a cool place. Oh, cool. And that's where T-Money's band rehearses. And, oh, the um, Russell, right? Yeah, it's at the Russell. But unfortunately, you know. It's not going to be a thing. Yeah, I, I don't know, though. They gave him an extension. So mm-hmm. and it looks like they're doing repair work. So I don't know. It could be huh. promising. I mean, you know, there's a lot of great talented artists down there that put yeah. a lot of time I love into that, that building. Yeah, it is a cool it's building. So gritty. But yeah, we had a great time. Um, Alan Turner, Heather Nicole were there and um, and John Paul was there. Cool. And Gail was there. So Yeah, um, yeah and know. I wish I was could have been there, but I was uh, 
doing the day job. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> your boss is just an ass. Know, you so know, horrible. I know you should have called in sick. But <laughs> anyway, but the good news is that um, we're gonna. He's, you know, he's got some. Uh, unfortunately, he had a, a death in the family. Mm. So once, uh, you know, like in a week or so, yeah, we get back on that and have another um, group meeting down there, and hopefully cool. everybody will be able to make it. So very cool. Yeah. Well, so. I read a very interesting article because you're always looking for new things to do. So there's this article um, in National Geographic, because you know it's one of my favorite oh, magazines. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you roll your eyes at me, oh, woman. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> well, not sure I'm not sure it's gonna be something I wanna do. <laughs> she got it out of National Geographic, but well, it's the ten 10 of the world's weirdest museums. Oh, nice. And I just kind of got a kick out of it. So like they had the ramen noodle museum, you know, like the instant. That's a museum. They have a whole museum dedicated to it. They have, um, let's see. That doesn't sound like fun. The International Spy Museum, which I thought was actually pretty cool. Oh, that would be kind of cool. Where's that at? Oh, that's in D.C., Washington, D.C. Oh, really? Yep. But um, if you wanted to go maybe take a trip to India, they have the... International Toilet Museum, which I thought you would find very interesting. No, I would not actually. You know who would find that interesting is John Paul. Oh, John Paul and Dad, between the two of them, they get, get probably know everything about that. And there was also the um, the Museum of Sex in oh. New York. Mm, I'll no. be that one. Yeah, they that, like a that, whole, you could go on that and tell um, me about it. Like playhouse of boobs and <laughs> are you serious yeah. yeah it seemed pretty cool i was like oh that's pretty neat <laughs> that is interesting i wonder who does go to that well i guess maybe like people couples, like me. Yeah, people, weirdos <laughs> like you i would okay. totally be there yeah, i'm sure you would but uh, anyway i'd rather be talking about motorcycles today i i would too should we get to it? Not that I would ever have the guts to ride one, but it does always look really cool. Well, we have an amazing story today. So, yeah, let's get to our favorite segment. Okay. And you go on. I'm going to go to Florida for three days, okay? Sit on the beach. Are you sure you don't want to go to the International yeah. Toilet? Oh, I'm positive. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. All right. So this is our favorite segment. It's what's the wish, what's the way, and what's in the way. This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. That's right. And we've heard the saying many times, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Sometimes that means you have to hit rock bottom before you get to the stronger part. Robert? Kearns, also known as Big Red, knows that saying all too well. He was told by many doctors he would never ride a motorcycle again. And that news was probably more devastating than the accident that put him in that position. However, his will and determination proved the doctors wrong. In eight months to the day of his life-changing accident, Big Red was riding a motorcycle again. The years following the accident took him on a roller coaster ride that shaped him into the person he is now. And today, Big Red is on a mission, and in his own words, to help make the next person's struggle a little easier. And he's here to tell us how. Welcome to the Nooner Show, Big Red. Thanks Welcome. for having me. Ah, so as usual, we start, we get so excited <coughs> about the story. We start doing the interview before the mics are even on, and, and we have to keep saying, no, wait, stop, don't, don't talk about it. So, um, so let's take our listeners back. So what happened um, on June of 1997? Uh, I was coming back from a event party from uh, on the east side, driving my motorcycle down Eight Mile Road, trying to go southbound on Southfield Freeway. 
Uh, as I'm making my curve, there's a traffic light right there at the intersection of uh, the service drive, northbound service drive, and you make your little curve on the bridge to get southbound on Southfield Freeway. Well, I had the green light, and as I was going through that section, a young man, approximately 18 years old, came off the Southfield Freeway doing 60, 70-plus miles an hour and T-boned me on my motorcycle. Oh, my gosh. I, I should have been dead. I don't wow. know why I'm here. I don't ask anymore. Um, there's a, there, the bridge that goes across Southfield Freeway, the little concrete sides on it. Thank God I hit it because he hit me so hard. I turned my motorcycle into letter C. Wow. Just on impact alone, my leg was gone. There was nothing left. Wow. And then I hit the little wall that keeps me from going down in the Southfield Freeway. Wow. Um, I tried to stand up. <laughs> you did? <laughs> yeah, I tried to stand up because this just all happened. This is a 2, 2.30 in the morning. Did wow. you realize that your leg was... Once I stood up and there was nothing there and I fell down. Oh, my god! I, I, I don't know. You just... Things started rushing through my head. Uh, oh, my God. What, you know, what am I going to do? What? Every time I was bleeding, I, my heart was pumping, blood was squirting out. Oh, uh, my gosh. And, you know, during the accident, you know, there was people that stopped and nobody really kind of helped anything. City, uh, two Detroit cops cars or two Detroit officers came up on the scene. Um, they, I remember seeing them standing over me. Um, next thing you know, they left. But they took the guy, the young man who hit me in the car, put him back in the cop car and left. Left me there to bleed to death. You were by yourself. I, I mean, you? well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on, no, I'm the only one in the accident. There's a couple other cars that stopped, you know, but oh they came on gosh. the scene and put the young man in the back of the cop car. Where were left. you? Laying there on the ground, laying, blocking the intersection. Just, 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 you were laying, laying in the intersection and yep. they left you. The oh northbound my gosh. service drive of Southfield Freeway. Yes, oh, right there at Eight Mile. You should have been dead. I should have been dead. <laughs> every, like I said, every time. Uh, my heart was pumping. It was squirting blood out of the way. Some lady named Connie, she was my guardian angel. No medical experience, nothing. She saw the traffic backing up, and she said, you know, they for some, for some odd reason, something told her to stop. And I'm so glad, blessed today that she did. That that young woman came up with her, at her own, I don't know, her fiancé at the time, took the belt off of his waist, tied it around my stump, and then sat on top of me. Wow. Really? Sat on How did me. she know what to do? I wonder. I have no idea. <laughs> None whatsoever. Wow. Uh, and, 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 and I, I remember sitting, laying on the ground, you know, everything started rushing through your head. Oh my God. My job, motorcycles, my family, you know, the club life that I was living and all. Did you think you were dying? I, I just started, everything rushes. I mean, it just, I, it's like a whole bunch of emotions going through you. You just don't know. I mean, it's amazing. I, that lady's, because I'm laying on my back and I asked her, what do you think? She goes, I'm not going to lie to you. Your leg is gone. Mm. Okay. And at that time, by then, a couple of my club brothers came up on the scene. Uh, the ambulance finally showed up, you know, put me in the ambulance, which wasn't a very good ambulance because the thing was falling apart. Oh <laughs> you know, uh, one of my club brothers was screaming at the driver, you know, get going because he's, you know, not going to make it. Yeah. So he got into Cyanide Grace, and my mom got a phone call, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and it was from somebody from the club says, you need to get down here now because we don't think Red's going to make it. Wow. Yeah, my mom said that was the worst phone call she's ever gotten in her life. She didn't, I mean, she just got dressed, went to Cyanide Grace. And I remember being laying on my back. I remember going down the hallways, seeing these lights, lights, lights. I remember all these people standing around me. Uh, you know, have you been drinking? Are you on drugs? Blah, 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 blah. 
And I kept telling the guy, no, 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 no. I said, but do something because it was a, like a, just a really bad burning sensation. Oh. It got to the point where I literally grabbed the guy from the collar, <laughs> blew in his face and said, no, I'm not drinking. Do oh. something about the pain. Wow. And the next thing I remember is uh, waking up in uh, like an ICU unit. I remember seeing my family next to me. I remember seeing my club brothers up and down the hallway and looking through windows, looking at me. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, it, the leg felt like it was still there, but it was not. You know, oh, it wasn't. It wasn't. The it was. Phantom. It was. Yeah. Well, That's, yeah. I mean, in phantom pains to yeah. this day, I still have them after twenty oh, years. Wow. And I remember just like, wow. I mean, and at that time, I I, I didn't want to show nobody I was weak. Or, you know, especially in front of my club brothers, I'm like, okay, it's all right, guys. You know, I know, I know there was a few that cried. And that's the, when you say club brothers, it's the motorcycle club, the right? Motorcycle okay. club, yeah. You know, people cried and all that stuff. Um, you know, I, 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 two weeks in the hospital at Sinai Grace, great little place. Uh, then they shipped me up to the Rim Center at 75 Mac, Rehabilitation Institute of Michigan. And back then, you know, it wasn't pretty on the outside. But they do wonders because that was a same place that they sent Mike Utley, the Detroit Lions player that had the spinal cord injury. Mm -hmm. He went in there and, and he did his rehab. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm in there. It's been a couple of weeks. Not too long. Because the night of the accident was when the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup in 97. Okay. Oh, okay. Then what? A couple of weeks later, uh, the limo driver, mm -hmm. they had gotten a crash with the Red right, Wings. Right. Right. That was the night I it all sunk in and I lost it. I I remember seeing, hearing all the information on the news and all that stuff. And later on that night, hearing about Konstantinov, mm -hmm. you know, having pretty much head trauma. And, mm -hmm. and, and I, I, yeah. I, I, that was a night where I go, oh, my God, toughest guy I ever seen on ice is 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 a vegetable. And yeah. I, I literally broke down crying, screaming, I kicking the doors to get out. I remember it was nighttime. I remember pouring rain that night. I remember sitting in the room with uh one of the nurses that worked that midnight shift and and you know what she she's i lost it i cried she held me she mm. said to be all right i mean what what was it about that do you think it was that all of a sudden it hit you yeah, all of a sudden it hit me like in the beginning maybe you're still in shock and um, pretty much and, and glad you're alive and then and, all and of then a sudden, want to show nobody i was weak yeah you know and then like i said that night was the night that it really sunk in and <laughs> Thank God for that nurse. I mean, she, she kept me there, kept me sane. Mm -hmm. Um, not too long after that, I was a little bit in the low point. Now, remember, I'm still in the rehab center. It took yeah. me about a month before I even got out there. And I'm at my lowest, lowest point. I mean, I'm going, what's going on? What am I going to do? Every time my friends and family come up, I just put on the front and smile, you know, mm -hmm. I, I got a phone call from a gentleman called Eastside Greek. Uh, and I just saw him just recently uh, at my clubhouse. And that man, for whatever reason, either somebody told him or he knew because he called me at my lowest point and he motivated me. He put some key words in my mind and, you know, explained how he's been an amputee for years, how he still rides a motorcycle. And he actually, mm. the, the saying he told me, he says, you got two options. You can sit in a corner and cry about it or go out and kick the world's ass. And I've been kicking it ever since. Wow. Thank you, Greek. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and that was just the start of it. Okay. Um, it, you know, go, getting myself healed up, uh, getting to meet the prosthetic guy, Kurt Schlau from Rights of Flippus. I've been with that man for 20 years. Um, we've been through everything together. 
Um, I remember getting out of the hospital. I remember finally going to outpatient rehab. Uh, the first time I get to wear the prosthetic and, you know, they're doing some in, in, in clinic stuff. And I remember my session being over and I'm walking out the door and then here's Kurt. Now, mind you, I'm six, three, 300 pounds. Kurt don't stand no more than to my chest. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and, and I remember him coming up behind me. Where are you going, mister? You can't take that home. And I turned around and looked at him. I said, dude, how am I supposed to know what to do with this thing in the world world if I don't take it home? Yeah. I said, the only way you're going to get it off me is you take it off my leg. Oh. And me and me and Kirk has been best friends. Best friends for <laughs> so you got to take it home. I yes, I got to take it home. <laughs> I remember the trial and errors. I remember feeling pains and not wearing it right and cutting myself and having to reheal and all that stuff. And my, meanwhile, my motorcycle was taken to a shop, uh, Stevenson Cycle back in, uh, he lived in, he had the shop in Redford off of Southern Mile and he's got it down in Westland off of Wayne Road. And, and we were walking around trying to figure out how we were going to be able to get back up riding that motorcycle. How am I going to be able to shift gears? We looked at electric shifters. So, so that was like the, the main Gold. My main goal was get back on get my back motorcycle. On the motorcycle. Get back on the motorcycle. Now, had you been into an accident at all prior to that? On not on the motorcycle, no? but I, I got hit when I was 16 years old at six o'clock on Six Mile Road on Friday the 13th. Oh, wow. <laughs> and God, I don't know what it is, but that was the same leg that I lost. Okay, because when I got hit, I was 16 years old. Were you walking? Or? Yeah, I was trying to walk across the street, see my buddy. Across and you got street. hit by a car? Yeah, a lady turned uh, turned right off a of Telegraph Road and. Hit me on a side street right there. Wow, really? I mean, the very first the same leg? The same leg, yeah. Ooh. That thing, I had a scar approximately 12 inches long, a couple staples in there holding, you know, the uh, testing or, you know, ligaments back down to my kneecap. I remember wow. many times sitting around a campfire and feeling that steeple get heated up and you can't pull it down. You had to, it was like, ooh. Wow. But yeah, that was, that was, I'm, I'm glad it happened to that leg, you know. So, um, so your, your main goal was to get back on a motorcycle. Get back on a motorcycle. Um, you know, like I said, we're, we're, the bike is getting back put together and, and I met a gentleman who worked for Stevenson Cycle named Glenn and he didn't have a fake leg, but he had a rubber leg and he had a shifter set up that was fabricated to the right hand side of his Harley Davidson. And he showed it to me one day cause you know, he heard his, my story. He wanted yeah. to show it to me. And I'm like, that's what I want. That's what I'm going to need to be able to get back on my motorcycle. And, you know, once the bike got repaired down at Detroit Harley, we sent it over to Stevenson's and they fabricated it. And I remember eight now, and this is eight months to the day. I remember picking that motorcycle up with my club brothers. I remember one of them riding it back home. I'm, I'm on Telegraph in 96 and I go, Hey, how's it feel? And he says, you should be riding this. So we got back to the clubhouse and I remember, uh, you know, getting on it now. And I remember it was February and I got a sweatshirt on and I started down the side street and I, I'm like, wow. And I'm using my right foot to shift and I turned down, down, down left on another street. And I'm like, cause they told me just go around the block and come on back. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I got tears coming down my eyes. It's cold. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm riding it. That feeling again, riding my motorcycle again. Next thing you know, I just start taking off. <laughs> wow. You know, they're, and they're getting a little worried about me because they thought maybe I fell down and couldn't get yeah. back up and all that stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I, I finally got back to the clubhouse and. Remind you now, I have no knee. I'm in a four inch, I'm above the knee amputee, four inches above my knee. So I have no knee, no ankle, no foot. Okay. So when I had to stop <laughs> the first couple months, 
We had to have somebody put the kickstand down and raise the kickstand up. Uh, we critiqued it the shifter. We added a little jockey shift to it so I can reach down with my hand and pop it in first, put it in neutral. We found an aftermarket catalog that I could mount a extension that comes around the primary of uh, the Harley Davidson primary. And I learned how to take my heel, my prosthetic and push it down and take my heel and put it up. So I didn't have to count on anybody. Wow. I remember that first year I dropped that motorcycle 13 times. I dropped it in traffic, side street, dirt, gravel, parties, you know, but you had to learn, live and learn. Um, So you weren't scared to get back on it. (laughs) I've been riding on two wheels since I can remember. If it had two wheels, I rode it. Yeah. Mini bikes, dirt bikes, bicycles. Yeah. You know, my first street bike was a Yamaha 650 Magnum. And I was 18 years old riding up and down the streets with that. I didn't have no car. I had that that old Yamaha for three years. Rain, sleet, snow, it didn't matter. You know, so, and then, then, you know, I got a Harley. I got an old 77 Super Glide and uh, I moved into a 95 Electric Glide Standard. That's the one I got hit on and. So after you started riding, you had to get a special license. Well, later. at the time, back then, none of us had no license, had no oh. cycle endorsements. You know, it wasn't a big thing. Uh-huh. And I remember the lawyer telling me, um, you know, you're going to have to get a cycle endorsement, something, because you're going to pull you over and they're going to start messing with you. And I said, okay. So I went one of these trucker companies and I, I rolled the motorcycle up there and I told the guy that I was paying the money to. I said, sir, you know, I, I'm an above the knee FD. I still ride the Harley on two wheels. Mm-hmm. I says, you know, tell your uh, trainer, whatever it is, uh, you know, that to be expecting that. And I remember coming in that the Saturday that I was scheduled for and I rolled up. And the gentleman come out with his clipboard and says, I can't, you can't pass. I said, what are you talking about? You got one leg. You can't. And I just went crazy. I went up one side, down the other. I said, dude, if you don't do this, I'm going to sue you. You're going to be working for me, blah, 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 all the works. So we had to ride off to another section where he had this cycle course all set up. And, you know, I had a close call car, ran a stop sign, and I locked it up, you know, kept on going and stuff. And when we got to that cycle test center, he's like, wow. You you can ride. You, he was impressed because he was watching in the mirrors. But I had to go through all the motions and get everything, and I got my cycle endorsement. Mm-hmm. And you know, I went down to the Secretary of State and make sure it was all legal and stuff. And because true story, I remember one time riding down the road because I have a, a, a cop bike that had a license plate says one leg. I remember a Romulus cop pulling up next to me at two o'clock in the morning while I'm riding down Middle Belt, asking me, "What does one leg mean?" And I got a switch in here. I can make my leg go 360 degrees. Oh, jeez. I whipped, whipped that up in the air. And he's like, oh, okay. Off you went. So you know, it's, wow. it's something I had to make sure I, I yeah. didn't get messed with by the, by the system and stuff right. like that. And then you um, were part of uh, getting the, the license plate changed, well, right? What it was was 98. Uh, Somebody told me, Red, you can get a handicap license plate for your motorcycle. I said, okay. So I went to a secretary of state. Lady told me no such thing. I went to another one to double check it. She says no such thing. And the third one I went to, my favorite lady, told me I'm handicapped. You shouldn't be riding a motorcycle. Wow. She ticked me off. <laughs> wow. Back then we had Candace Miller as our secretary of state. And I wrote, I started writing a letter. I explained to her, hey, you know, I, 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 I'm somebody with a disability. I have one leg. I ride my motorcycle. How come we don't have handicapped license plates like the Florida, Colorado, California, yeah. all that? And I got a letter letter back saying, we do, but you're the first that's asked for it. Mm, wow. So I filled out my application and I took it back to the same Secretary of State. The lady said that, I, you know, I'm handicapped. I shouldn't be riding. And I 
put it right wow. in her face and I said, your boss says so. Wow. <laughs> and I wow. Got, I got, you know, I got a vanity plate on one motorcycle and I got the standard license plate on the other motorcycle. And on a standard license plate, they punch it in like you do on your regular license plates on your cars. And if you have a vanity vanity plate like I do, it says one leg, they give you the little red and white guy, white guy in a wheelchair and sticker on my motorcycle. And I remember going to different parties and events and I started because I made a whole bunch of copies of these. Yeah. I just started handing them out. So we flooded the system, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, to this day now, I, I see people in trikes and, and their motorcycles with their handicap license plate. And every once in a while, I walk up to them. I said, dude, you wouldn't have had that if it wasn't for me. Wow. You know, I, and then I can explain my story about why yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So, and then from what I read, it sounds like you seem to, you were moving forward with things and then you, it's, like you went backwards after a well, while. The first, you know, the first 10 years, well, I was taught under old school's ways. You fix everything with drugs and alcohol. Okay. Mm -hmm. Remind you, I was 300 pounds when I got hit. Mm -hmm. I fixed everything with drugs and alcohol. But when I went home and when I sobered up and everything, the pain was still there. The reality was still there. And I didn't take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I ended up putting weight on and, you know, having to move into bigger prosthetics and, being able to only wear certain kind of uh, knees because of my weight and all that to where I actually got up to 414 pounds. Wow. That's no lie. 414. Wow. Now, I remind you, I'm drinking, I'm partying, yeah. I'm smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah. I'm running hard. I'm running fast. Now, it was all that, though, a result of <laughs> because of what has set in? Or, yeah, or set in, uh, not taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. Not being as active as I was when, with two legs, mm -hmm. you know, I have an attitude. I don't care. I'm big red. I can do this, you know, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah. And then I got to a point where I, I had to make a reality check. I'm like, wow, it was just getting next to impossible to get around. I'd stand up and it was out of breath and sweating like a pig and I can't go places and can't do things because I didn't want to because it would hurt so much. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I made were you, were you, were you angry? Were you? Uh, it could, depressed. It, 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 I got into the little depression. There's mm -hmm. no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. I, between accident, losing my job, my first marriage, falling apart in six months. You now, know. was that after the accident? This is that. Yeah, this is after the accident. This is a whole ten year period after the accident. All that happened. Yeah, everything just, just you know, just snowballed over the years, and mm -hmm. you know, in the whole time putting on the front, I'm big red. I can do it. I don't want to show anybody that I couldn't do it. And then, uh, you know, I. I Came to a reality where I had to make changes. Uh, I, I, uh, my wife, D, who, uh, we got, I met her in 05. Cause now the first 10 years I, I had lifetime medical. Okay. I didn't get much for the lawsuit. Okay. But my mom stood mm -hmm. strong. You're not signing off until you get lifetime medical. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm 28 years old at that time. 28, yeah. 29. I'm thinking all I want is houses, Harleys and honeys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's all I wanted life to do. Life was simple. Yeah. Life was simple. <laughs> and, uh, I, I didn't take advantage of it the first 10 years. I did. I said, okay, I can, I, I can do it by myself. I don't uh -huh. need their help. I'm, you know, I can do it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I tied two milk crates together and, that was my shower chair in the, sh in, in the shower. Wow. I mean, I, I had no handrails. I hopped around. I just, I, there was some modifications that I should have took advantage of. Were you just in denial, uh, I, do you think? I, or? I, I don't know. I think I was just stubborn and bullheaded. I'm, I'm Irish. Mm. I'm redheaded Irish with a, mm -hmm. with a, with a temper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. With a little German on top of it. Oh, you boy. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, wow. so it's, that, was, that was how I had it. And like I said, I, I met my second wife, Dee. 
blessing in my in my life. How did you meet her? Uh, I was working at a company called VLS, which was uh, at that time before the auto industry kind of took a, a plummet. We took brand new Chrysler cars and moved them to rail yards to be loaded up on uh, trains to be shipped out to different parts of the. And actually, at that time, I applied to get my CDL license, mm-hmm. and I was in the process of doing that and getting. You know, did a uh, written test at Secretary of State, and the job kind of hired me to be a bus driver to shuttle the employees around to pick up the different lots to pick up the cars and, mm-hmm. and take them to the rail yards. And uh, you know, it's just me and her kind of. Was she in. working with you? Yeah, or? she was. She was another employee there. Okay, yeah, she was okay. another employee there, and you know, kind of kind of hit it off. And and were you still? Was this part of like you were still going through what you were going? Yeah, through still with going the through what I was going through. Else? I was still a okay. big man. Still riding my motorcycle to work because my okay. truck broke down. <laughs> okay, you know, and uh, you know, D, we, we, you know, we just kind of hit it off, started dating, and uh, you know, she, she made some great fried chicken and her <laughs> her meatloaf, and I added more weight. That was on. it, huh? I added more weight on. <laughs> you know, and then uh, you know, we both come to the reality check. She she made the comment, well, you know, don't aren't you supposed to get you know handrails in your house, modifications for your bathroom. And I said, I don't know. I never really tried. I was stubborn and did it myself. And she, she kind of lit the fire under my backside and mm-hmm. got it going. And to where I, I met a case manager, Jennifer Keeney, the best case manager in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been with her since I want to say 06, 07. And she made, you know, big, she gave me stuff that I was, uh, I was supposed to get, okay. which I wasn't aware of. Okay? Yeah. Uh, we, she introduced me to a doctor called Dr. Tamler, Martin Tamler, out of Beaumont Hospital. Okay. And I'll tell you what, that man helped change my life, too. Really? He is, in my eyes, the amputee guru. Really? I, I mean, I've met doctors, that, you know, you're not going to ride again, blah, 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 da, 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 da. Yeah. Dr. Tamler, smart man, and, 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 and he's the one that kind of started, too, but, okay, we got to make some changes, Brad. Yeah. You got you to gotta fix your weight. You got to stop drinking. You got to stop smoking cigarettes and stuff. And uh he kind of turned me on to, at the time, I had gastric bypass. Okay. We're looking at uh, probably October of 09. Okay. Okay. And I did the gastric bypass and we dropped the weight. And my wife, or she was, yeah, she wasn't my wife at the time, but Dean, we were living together, my old lady. You know, we're, we're splitting meals. She's losing weight and we're losing weight. And life's going, wow. I mean, now, now life is, life is even going by faster. Yeah. Cause I'm dropping weight and I'm feeling better about myself. I quit smoking cigarettes. I, you know, slowed completely down on my partying and yeah. drinking and, you know, until, you know, I got a little bit better. I started, oh, just by losing all that weight, just the weight alone, I started being able to wear better prosthetics. Okay. Okay. My first prosthetic, I had a hydraulic cylinder. Okay. It was an old mechanical mock knee. You know, it had a hydraulic cylinder with a dial on top and you turn the dial to loosen up and walk fat, you know, swing through faster and turn it down and slow it down. And in weather like today, which is ice cold, yeah. I was always waiting for my leg to catch up with me because oh hydraulic gosh. fluid and cold weather just don't mix. Wow. So, uh, you know, he, uh, we did that. We got into some nice microprocessor stuff. I started to be more active. I started uh, uh, riding bicycles. So it sounds like you, you at that point came to terms with everything and just realized it's just going to be a different life, a yeah, new life. pretty and, much. Yeah, because it does, you know, when I was reading your story, I... 
you know, it's one thing you, to lose a limb is I can't imagine, but but then everything else that goes with it. Oh, it's I mean, life changing. You, yeah, it is life changing. You really do give, have to learn how to relive and and adjust your environment. They don't give you an owner's manual. Everything's trial and error. Oh yeah. I mean, this is stuff that, and I I mean I I fell back on on some amputees, which were the old school biker ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know. They did it the old school way, like I said, fix everything with drugs and alcohol. I finally got a, you know, connected with some other people to get a little background on, okay, modifications, some of the prosthetics. Are there support groups? Yes, there's there's peers, there's support groups. Amputee Coalition of America has a support group. Different hospitals uh-huh. and clinics. Have you know. ever participated in uh, that? No, because my support group has always been friends and family and my club people. Mm-hmm. I, I mean – I got certified by the ACA, Amputee Coalition of America, to be a peer visitor. Which is what? Uh, an individual that, you know, is an amputee and we get phone calls or, or like my prosthetic guys, I have a team. I have four of them to keep big red rolling, but I'll get a phone call from somebody and, and that connected me with another amputee and I go in there and I, you know, I didn't sugarcoat it. I uh-huh. go in there and tell them how it is. Well, I, I know you went and saw 14 year old. Boy, that gentleman, yeah. Yeah, Robert, yeah. No, Robert E. Redford. Uh, this is about about a year, a little bit more longer after my accident. Uh, he was playing on a train, fourteen years old. Him and his buddy, and he slipped underneath the train and lost both his legs, above oh, the knee on one gosh. side, below the knee on the other side. Ugh. And that was like wow. I mean, it made the news. It made the newspaper and mm-hmm. everything. And I remember my mom reading me the story about it and and and, and asking me, "What are you going to do about it?" And I found out he was up at Botsford Hospital, and I, I, went, I went up there and, you know, talked to the parents, asked them if I could do this. Now, remind you, now, I, I rode a motorcycle, and big red, yeah, big leather jacket, tattoos, <laughs> all that stuff. And he's sitting in the hospital room. He's got all his you know, junior high friends and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I remember walking in the room and spinning my leg and putting it on the bed. So I'm big red, and I watched, and see that black motorcycle down there. I still ride a Harley on two wheels and with one leg and, you know. And I talked to him. I helped him. Little does he know, <laughs> to this day, he was helping me. Yeah. He was helping me by being able to, you know, right. get some of this knowledge that I've learned. Right. Even though he was a 14-year-old boy that, you know, it, it helped medicate yeah. me. It helped heal me. Do you ever hear from him? Oh, yeah. I, I, well, you know, I've gotten and in contact a couple of times with Facebook he friends. doing? He's doing great. He is? <laughs> that, that young man that keeps always seeing posts on Facebook, he's at bars. He's at <laughs> Lions games, great. tailgating. Okay. Uh, he's got some great great support group. Looks like he's got a pretty good looking yeah. old lady. Mm-hmm. I, I know he works for. Um, I can't imagine the Geek she's Squad. that old. <laughs> yeah, he's grown up. He's he's not a he's not a fourteen year old boy anymore. Yeah, it's but he's amazing. doing good. That's yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, now tell me about you were saying that with prosthetics you can only get one in your oh, lifetime. Well, there was a, a couple years back, <laughs> the government. Wait, uh, let me ask you something. Okay, does insurance cover that? Well, Medicaid does, but you don't get the quality of equipment that because Medicaid and Medicare uh-huh. they want to have a limit. Okay, yeah. you like the stuff I got now, the setup I got. You're looking at almost 100, 120 grand worth between the socket, the knee, wow. the foot, the covering, wow. the ankle. I mean, all that stuff. Wow. It, it adds up. Okay, and, and and state and federal government doesn't want to pay that much. Okay, well that's where I, I'm blessed. Remember, my mom. Yeah. Said I got you know we weren't selling until I got lifetime medical, and that yeah. is where I am so blessed. But at that time, a couple of years ago, uh, Medicaid or the government was trying to pass it where. 
they did this. They put a bill in, and they wanted to pass it under the noses of everybody to where you're only a, a, afforded one prosthetic a lifetime. Okay, so like if you were a 14 year old boy, lost your legs, and you grew up and changed, you're gonna have to figure out how to be able to get a new prosthetic on your really? own. Really, and prosthetics are not cheap. Yeah, no, nothing in the med- medical business is cheap. Right, nothing. And um, just by social media alone, uh, between doctors, prosthesis, uh, physical therapy, other amputees in the amputee world, we social media. And we had electronic petition filled out. We got it to get it on uh, Obama's desk so he can look at it. And at that time, I, a couple of years ago, we uh, all went out to Washington, D.C. Wow. I got flown out by Wrights and Flippers and my prosthetic team along with those guys. And we were down so there. So there were people from all over all the over. country. But Boston Marathon people. You met some of them. I met some of them. I Alaska. Did it surprise you to see how many people were it was, there? It was, it was blowing away. I was like, wow. There's. I mean, it opened my yeah. eyes even more that there's more of us out there now. Right. I mean, the actor, I can't think of the gentleman's name. Uh, he's, uh, he was on the, uh, the movie Battleship and it supposedly was eaten by the alien where he lost both his legs. He was there. He was out there protesting against the uh, wow. Medicaid, Medicare about this and stuff. Oh, wow. And, 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 and we stopped it. Okay. We, between social media and all of us with our voices making a big cause and a big scene wow. and showing it, President, Obama, stop it. Okay. Now, oh. now, now, you know, I'm sure they're probably trying to find another way to do it or whatever, but mm-hmm. <laughs> they tried to pass it off on us. And you wow. know, they're saying that, you know, the amputees are only 1% of the budget of uh, Medicare and, you know, that that wasn't a big thing or trying to save money. Well, no, you can't do that. Not on stuff like that. Wow. Bodies change, people change, mm-hmm. everything changes. Now, tell us about the organization that you started, the uh, Motivational Amputee I, Coach. I, I, I turned myself into a motivational amputee coach. Um, you know, I, is it like, is it like a new lifestyle just, coach? Yeah, type? pretty much. Pretty okay. much is what it is. You know, I, I did it because I want to do it for the normal people. Cause when you say normal people, what my, does that my, mean? You know, in the amputee world, you'll see, uh, Paralympic people and stuff like that. Okay. That's fine and dandy. But there's I, a lot of other people you yeah, don't see. Yeah. We're everyday people. People yeah. got to figure out how to cut the grass. Right. Show the snow, get a job, make that house note payment. Raise their family. Right. Okay. Right. These uh, these uh, uh, Paralympic people and all that, that's only 1% of the amputee population. Right. You know, and, and 99.9% of us are just average old people, motorcycle yeah. accidents, coming back from war, you know, trying to make your life back into your lifestyle that you mm-hmm. left, you know, when you, before you had your accident or whatever. And, and I've just put myself out there and marketed myself. I'm doing, to remind you now, I'm doing this with no backing. I'm doing this with no financial assistance, nothing. Just so. What exactly would you do? Like, like I, 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 I've, you. I've I've gotten phone calls. You know, Red. Hey, there's somebody that we want you to go talk to, and I go over there and I'll talk to, talk to them. I'll give them. You know, hey, it's not easy. You're going to go through all kinds of struggles, ups and downs. Mm. You know, you have to have support. I remind them how important it is to have a great relationship with your doctor. Your prosthetic person, mm-hmm. even your physical therapy person. I yeah. Because all together, it's a team. It's a yeah. team effort to keep you going. And that's really good advice that people probably wouldn't think of. Because no, I, I wasn't thinking about that whole side of it. But yeah, so really, you're teaching them this is a new life. Yeah, this is how you, this is how you got to get through it. This is what you need to do. Yeah. So, um, and your phone number, how, how can people get a hold of you? I have a, What's your Facebook page? I have too? a I have a professional Facebook page. It's called Motivational Amputee Coach. Okay. I punch that in. It's my that's my like 
professional page. I do have a Facebook page, Robert Carnes, One Legged Biker. And that's that's my everyday life page. Okay. But I, you know, everything I posted on that motivational page, I, you know, it's just little sayings, stuff that I've done, uh, places I've been. I've uh, been asked a few times. I've gone up to uh, U of M Flint campus and and talked to physical therapy students, college mm-hmm. students that are going to into the physical therapy field, along with me and some other amputees. So the last two weekends, I weekend before I was at uh, the Rim Center, they had a physical therapy seminar. It was an all day course, and I came down as a special guest to help the physical therapy lady to show other physical therapy people how different exercises that you have to do as an amputee, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. My prosthetic guy, Tim, was talking about the technology of the prosthetics and how I was up there and I showed him how I got the microprocessor knee, the elevated vacuum sealed system socket, which sticks onto me like glue. It's a, it's mm-hmm. amazing how the stuff's changed. And then I got to stand on the stage and tell him my story, Yeah, you know, tell him what I've done. And, you know, and, and people come up and ask me for their card. Last Saturday I did it at, uh, Beaumont here at 13 Woodward. Dr. Tamlin was down there. Nancy Hauser, mm-hmm. uh, physical therapy lady. I helped her. Tim again. And, and actually, <laughs> I was down there with uh, Dave, another above the amputee, and we both got on stage <laughs> and told our stories. And <laughs> at the end of my story, my people were, they were cheering. They came rushing. It was like rushing to the stage. Hey, can I get your card? Hey, wow. can I get you? I want, I got somebody I want you to talk to, you know? Yeah. Cause I, I, I ride a motorcycle still. Right. I, I, I'm a school bus driver. And yeah. Even that, I had to fight to get a CDL license to do that. Yeah. I went to get a CDL license and they told me, if you read a, a CDL book, it says if you're missing leg, hand, foot, or arm, that you can't get a CDL license. And I learned through <laughs> a clinical doctor, DLT doctor at like uh, Concentra. I, I, I got my CDL test. I went past the written and driving part and the inspection part and the first I don't know, a year I was driving with my CDL license. It was time to renew it. I had to go get my DLT card renewed. I went to the doctor at the Concentra and he's like, yeah, I, I can give you this, but you won't, you need a, C, a skills evaluation performance certificate. I didn't know nothing about it. Secretary of State didn't say nothing about it. So actually for the first year of my CDL license, I was kind of driving a little illegal, <laughs> which I wasn't aware of. And, and if it wasn't for that Concentra doctor who told me about it, I, I, I followed up on it. He gave me a phone number to Federal Motor Coach and, and, and I chased it down. I had to have a, a gentleman come in from uh, Illinois, or actually Lansing, I believe, and I had to get recertified me to see if I can drive the bus, if I can do the pre-trip, if I can get on and off the bus with my equipment. And every two was years— Was that frustrating for you, though? It to, was. It you know, was because I Because you knew you could do it, yeah. and it's like— uh, But I had to jump through hoops yeah, to show. And, right. And, and, and that's what gets annoying sometimes. People— there's so many roadblocks and yeah. so many doors that got closed on me and I kept kicking them in. Right. You know, and I'm trying to make it easier for the next one behind me, whoever. Right. You know, so they don't have to go through the struggle, the headache, the it, it emotional got, strain. Has it got it, has it gotten easier for it you so now? Like, it seems like it, it is. I'm actually, when I finally got my CDL license, I, you know, I had a little issues with uh, trying to get a job. Mm-hmm. You know, people, people say they don't discriminate you because of your disability. You know what? They do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Deep down inside, they do. Yeah. Okay. I remember being interviewed, I won't say what school district, <laughs> for a bus driving job. And I remember the lady who was interviewing me. And I, you, you can't lie. You can, I couldn't walk in and not tell them that, okay, I got a prosthetic because they can follow up on you later. Hey, you, you. But they can't ask that. Though. Yeah, they can't ask that. But it's a catch 22. Okay. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you didn't tell us. 
So you yeah. technically kind of lied about it. I mean, if mm-hmm. the company, mm-hmm. you know, the co- if right. whatever's best for the company. Right. You know, that's how right. it is. And I remember the lady telling me, uh, well, I don't think you can get down the aisle and evacuate the bus. Uh, with your disability. And I turned to her. <laughs> I says, you got some drivers here, about 350 pounds. I don't think they're, they're skinny enough to get down the aisle to themselves. <laughs> wow. You know, and I, I got a job at, uh, Redford, or it was called Durham Transportation, which was for South Redford. That was the first one that really opened up the doors for me. Yeah. You know, now I drive for Clarenceville School Districts. So, uh-huh. Uh, they, uh, my students know me as Big Red, the one-legged bus driver. <laughs> I got elementary kids that grown up to me. Mr. Red, Mr. Red, show them your, show them your robot leg. Show them your robot <laughs> yeah. leg. Spin it. Aww. See, I told you he had a robot leg. <laughs> I, I just, Aww. I mean, I, now, I, like I tell everybody now, it's an amputee world and you guys are just in it. Yeah. Okay, because there's more and more of us out there right. now, from when it started 20 years ago right? Okay, to what it is today. And and I'm just trying to show everybody it can be done. Well, and there's, I think the other thing, too, is, you know, there's quite a few celebrities, like, for example, uh, the drummer of uh, Def Leppard. Def Leppard, yeah. You know, he's yeah. still playing drums. Playing drums with one arm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I read his story. That, and, um, uh, you know, Jerry Garcia, I didn't realize um had lost a finger. Yep. And he was actually still the, one of the top guitarists. Guitar player for Black Sabbath. Uh, he lost part of his finger. That's why he had a different kind of sound on his guitar, mm-hmm. too. And there's yeah. all kinds. I, um, oh, God. What was the lady that was dancing on Dancing with the Stars? Wasn't she an athlete of some sort? She was. She had a prosthetic below the knee amputee. Oh. Who's that? I can't remember. A couple years ago, yeah. she was on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. But there, actually. Paul McCartney's ex-wife? Yes. I think, oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, she, I yeah. can't remember right. her name, though. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you, you're seeing, like, even one of the Real Housewives of New York. Yep. Remember? She would take off her prosthetic. And so it's yep. kind of like becoming. A more and more acceptable thing. Yeah. Where, you know, it's. I, I don't know. Hopefully people aren't staring and they're not, you know. I, I, I went through that before. Okay. Kids yeah. I can understand. I mean. Right. And don't get me wrong. This is back when I got the attitude and I catch a full grown adult staring at me and. You, you went know, chicked them. Oh, I know. <laughs> Showing them how good it was. Hey, you got a problem with it, you know. <laughs> oh, I've spun it. And, you know, so they keep looking and we'll put a rubber foot in your backside. <laughs> so on and so on. Yeah. But that's the polite way I said it, you know. <laughs> well, so what's. What do you think? What do you think you've learned about yourself over? I've grown up. Yeah. <laughs> In a weird way, I've grown up. I, what do you I've think matured. life? What do you? Well, so when you say that, um, and you were 28 when this all happened, how would your life have been different had it not happened? What do you, What do you think would have been different? I, I, you know, you, you really can't say. Mm-hmm. You really can't say. You don't know what. What, what, what's is in the future? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I try to not go, okay. I, I, I try not to dwell in the past. No, but I'm wondering, could you, would you have ever been a motivational speaker? No, I don't think I would have ever okay. done that. I, you know, I, I'd probably still be working at the airport. I, I would never have. It sounds like a, you were a partier and oh, you were yeah. having a good time. Yeah. So, and I wouldn't have had a CDL license. I, yeah. I, you know, I never thought about having anything like that before. You know, yeah. Drastic changes and yeah, it's a life changing thing. It's, right, it's and it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, to this day, I still have good days. I have bad days, but everybody does. Oh, everybody does. Uh-huh. Right now, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm really dialed in on taking care of myself. Like I said, mm-hmm. I've slowed down on my party and I slowed down on my so on drinking. It's social now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm eating a little better. Me and the wife are eating a little better. Actually, mm-hmm. right now, I even got the insurance company. We're test running it. Um, to, uh, I got a, a personal trainer three days a week. 
Oh, I dropped about 17, 18 pounds in the past great. few weeks. I'm feeling a lot better about myself. How often do you do presentations? Well, anytime I get a phone call, like from somebody in a prosthetic company, mm-hmm. uh, rights and flippers that I, I deal with, I have a couple of pers- uh, physical therapy ladies, Sheila, Nancy Hauser. Mm-hmm. There's a lady, like I said, a lady up in uh, Flint. You know, uh, Eastern does a program where they ask for amputees to come in mm-hmm. and students are training to be physical therapists. They cast the, they, they cast your socket. You know, they throw you a couple of dollars for get, you know, mm-hmm. your mileage or whatever mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Lately, it's been starting to grow up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm doing a little bit more events, a little talking to a little more people. Do you, do you enjoy doing them? I do. I, I love to talk. I love, I'm a storyteller. You are? I'm a story. As you see, <laughs> I, I'm talking with my hands. I know. It's <laughs> almost <laughs> like Italian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my wife says that all the time. You're talking with your hands. You're talking with your hands. That's okay. I can but relate I, to that. I, 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 I'm a people person. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm loud and proud. I am not shy about it. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know me when I come in, you will know me when I leave. Yeah. I, no matter where the place is. I mean, it's, 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 I just, I love being big red, the one-legged biker. You do. I do. I, I just, that's just me. It's just, I've you know, ran with this for 20 years. Yeah, it's interesting because I can, I can absolutely feel your, your, I mean, people that can't see you that are listening, though, can probably pick up on the energy and the yeah. passion. I mean, you can tell that you love going out there and helping people and talking about it. And, um, you know, and people always We'll say things like, you know, everything happens for a reason. Yep. I mean, do you believe that? Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what, whatever the plan is, God's got out there for you. You know, just I, like I said, I, when the night I lost my leg, I should have been dead. I don't know why. I don't ask why. Mm-hmm. I just maybe he had a plan for me. Well, Who do knows? you think that this is part of your plan, what you're doing? I th- probably that. And between me and him, I think that's probably is. It's mm-hmm. good. It's good medicine for me. Mm-hmm. And it's good medicine for other people that I have right. with, you know, that's, and like I said, I just talked to a gentleman when we were at Beaumont, he just lost his leg and, you know, Dave talked to him too. Dave talked to him his way and I talked to him my way. And like I told the guy from, you know, Hey, I don't sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to bullshit you about it. I'm just going to tell you how it is. I mean, and what do you say when you, when, what do you tell people when you say, I'm going to tell you what it is, how it is? You know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that it's not going to be roses and dandelions and, you know, it's going to be a piece of cake. It's No, it's going to be pain. It's going to be ups and downs. Mm-hmm. It's going to be emotional. You're going to take out on yourself. You're going to take out on your loved ones around you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to want to be happy one minute and then sit down. Something re- clicks, something reminds you of the accident or whatever happened that, you know, sets your mind in motion on something else. And you start, you know, get a little teary-eyed or, yeah. you know, you, I'm, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I did have an attitude the first 10 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I was mad at the world. I was mad at what the what the kid did to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, if, if I was riding a motorcycle and you, you came close to me or cut me off, I would punch your window. <laughs> I hit your antenna. <laughs> I kicked your door. I threw stuff at you. You know, I, I calmed down a little bit of that. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> I still get mad. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Next time you're here, it's going to probably be about road rage. <laughs> yeah. well, I slowed all that down because, I, I, you know, they're driving a cage and I'm not. Yeah. You know, and, and actually, I've lost it a few times with my wife on the back and she's telling me to calm and she's down. she's not afraid to be on a motorcycle. No, I still ride it. I, Does she ride no, on her no, own or no? No. She's on the no. back of my motorcycle. Uh-huh. I've been road captain. I've ridden in. The front of the pack, in the middle of the pack, uh-huh. in the back of the pack. I've blocked traffic. I come flying up with my other, whoever's my road guard partner. Block the intersection so the guys can get through. I mean, I've been in a pack where there's only two of us. I've been in a pack where there's 
500 of us. I yeah. Mean, I, I, I've met a lot of people <laughs> and I've met, I've gone to different events and parties and, 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 and rides and I've met people that. As were, an amputee. As an amputee, right mm-hmm. in, in the motorcycle world. A little nervous about being around me because of my disability and I'll go off on them. Dude, I can ride circles around you with one leg. You got two, <laughs> and I embarrass them. I'll, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll just show them up that I can do it. Yeah, I mean, it's I I scared a lot. Don't get me wrong. I I'll ride down the road and I'll spit my leg up in the air and I watch people freak out. Oh yeah, no kidding. You're, I, I would probably get into a car accident if I saw <laughs> I, that. So. I had one lady I, driving down Telegraph. I lift my leg up in the air because I saw the kid in the oh back seat. She caught up with me in the next traffic light and started yelling at me because I made her son sick. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, you're scared of me sick. I make fun of it. If it's like like Eastside Greek says. I got two options. I can sit in a corner and cry about it or go out and right. kick the world's ass. And right. I've been kicking, 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 yeah. kicking, kicking. Sounds like it. So what else? I mean, long-term goals. What You know, my long-term goals, I... I Right now, I'm working part time. I would love to be able to get a full time job. I would mm-hmm. love to be able to get in with a prosthetic manufacturer, mm-hmm. a clinic, a hospital, whatever, to be able to, you know, get especially like a prosthetic company, be able to wear new products, you know, be able to wear the stuff that they want to get trialed and test out, like test, you know. Test I, the believe me, I, if it ain't big red red proof. Yeah. I, I mean, I've worn stuff in, in less than a week or a couple of days. I blew it out and I'm saying, dude, yeah. this ain't, you, you ain't got it right. I've, I've worn equipment where I found a glitch in it, you know, cause I'm hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't take it softly. I, mm-hmm. you know, I run hard, play hard, live hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and it's just to be able to, cause like you see all these Paralympic people, they got handlers, they go here, they go there. That's fine and dandy. So, you know, I just want to be out there for the regular people, the yeah. everyday person. The, the people that aren't the out people, there in yeah. front of the cameras and you know, probably and, the people that don't have the kind of support you have. Yeah, so it sounds correct. like you had a really good support. I, that's, I, to this day, group. I still do. I, I love all my club brothers. I love yeah. my friends, my family, my yeah. wife, my mom. Yeah. Yeah. You so know. you're you're blessed to have all <laughs> that. So, that makes a big difference. So many. So many I am one lucky dude. Yeah. Very so lucky dude. It, with the uh, motivational amputee coach uh, program that you have going on, is that sort of something else that you want to help people? Yeah. With? Be, and this is be like part said, of their support. If if they need any help, if they need someone to talk to, you mm-hmm. know, how did you do it? Stuff like yeah. that. You know, I do the best I can. Uh, like, mind you, this is not because I went to school. This is because of real life hard knocks. Right. You know, and that's why I turned myself into a motivational amputee coach. Right. I, I you know, I'm proud of what I've done. I, right. I, I did good you things. I've done bad things. I've done TV shows. Mm-hmm. I was interviewed on a show called Disability Today on PBS. I've done videos. I did the Kid Rock video. I had a blast. Oh, you that was did? Fun. Oh, yeah. What were you doing in the Kid Rock uh, video? We, we started as. What video was it? Uh, Forever. The one Remember? he had down at State Fairground. Okay. He, he was on the radio asking for people to come yeah. down. He wanted uh, us in, uh, in the motorcycle world to come down on their motorcycles. Yeah. In the beginning of it, they got a view of me riding my motorcycle in the front part when he's getting his tattoo on his oh, back. Cool. Oh, cool. I ended up being with security because well, the crowd neat. got so big. They needed help. And wow. All of us motorcycle guys got together. and what What's the motorcycle group? Is it? I'm with Detroit Forbidden Wheels. Okay. Yep. Is, it, is that Harley Davidson? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. We're all oh. seven chapters in the state of Michigan. Oh, I'm wow. out of the Detroit house. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That, and then you're in a magazine. What yeah, magazine I've done a is couple, this? Let's uh, see this, that. Is, this magazine's called uh, Thunder Roads. Okay. Thunder Roads. Yeah. In the, the article ma- is One Man's Story Defeating Challenges, which is great. 
That's awesome. And I've done a couple other interviews with the magazines, newspapers. I've done pamphlets, posters. Yeah. I even was on you're a t-shirt. You're a celebrity. <laughs> you're, you're a rock star yourself, it sounds like. I even got my own trading, trading card. card. Look at you. <laughs> That's awesome. That awesome. All right. So if people want to get a hold of you, can I give out the phone number? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So it's 313-693-3738. So if you know somebody... Um, that maybe needs some support, some motivation. You can call the One Legged Biker Motivational Amputee Coach. Or go to my Facebook page. Go to your, uh, yep. Or, or, um, and they can also email you at Robert Carnes, which is C-A-I-R-N-S 1966 at gmail.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for oh, being thank here. Thank you very it's much, guys, great for having story. me. Thank Just you a very great much. comeback story. It's so inspirational. It's got to be frustrating for you, I would imagine. When you hear other people that um, have all their limbs, um, you know, um, have their excuses of why, you know, they <laughs> you know I, aren't I, doing I, what I they want to do. I see it. I, I've had other people come up to me, read, I can't believe it. You don't cry about it. You don't whine yeah. about it. You just go do it. Yeah. I've seen you struggling because you hurt so bad. Something's not fitting right. Your knee's swollen, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just tough it out. You don't, you know. And don't get me wrong. Okay. I, I've taken it out on loved ones. I've taken it on a friend. Well, you are human. Yeah, we're all human. I mean, <laughs> D, I love you. <laughs> You're a big support. I, I, I don't know where she I'd be. She sounds like she came into your life yeah, at the right in, time. She huh? did. I don't know yes. where I'd be without her. Yeah. Wow. So if I, I guess if I had to ask you, uh, what's the one good thing that's come out of all this? Uh, it made me a stronger person. Mm-hmm. I mean, it made me <laughs> realize a lot of stuff. Like I said, it made me mature, grow up. Um, don't get me wrong. That's still life of the party. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> my, my wife, you know, I don't have no kids. I got stepkids and my wife says, uh, her biggest kid is me. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but it's just, uh, just to be able to help somebody. Yeah. Uh, watch a kid smile to make them not scared of a prosthetic or yeah. somebody with a disability and or somebody in a wheelchair, you know, make it more. We're, we're, we're just like everybody else. That's awesome. Well, Thank you for being here. Oh, thank so, you very much for having red, me, guys. Nice meeting uh, all you guys. Thank the one-legged you, biker. And normally we have a sip on this, but we're not going to do that today. However, there, there, we are we're going to do our fortune, fortune cookies. cookies but I do have to do part. mention a couple things. Um, our, our good friends, the Gooder guys, tonight um, at 9 o'clock, yep. Wednesdays at 9 on Podcast Detroit. Check them out. They have a great show. And then and tomorrow, tomorrow, Five Gear Show. Um Jeff's the host is uh, is a friend of ours. Yep, and he's going to uh, be with Red. He's going to be with hip hop artist Red. We have another Red. We're actually talking about <laughs> right now, um, but uh, that's going to be on at seven o'clock tomorrow, and that I'm sure is going to be a great interview. Yeah. Those two guys together, oh, yeah, be a blast. that should be a lot of fun. So now, Big Red, um, we always have a song that we pick for our guest. You know what song I picked for you? No, what's that? Um, I picked. Um, Ride to Live and Live to Ride by Twisted Sister. All right. Is that, is that right up your oh, alley? Oh, yeah. All right, cool. So we're going to toss our cookies. You want to do that, Rocky? Because you're. I don't want to touch anything. You don't want to touch like anything. Yeah, they, they are wrapped. But Here, I'll pull for you. No, no. No, we're going we're gonna to toss them. And oh. whichever one is facing you, the prongs, that means that's your fortune. Oh, gosh, right in that front one. of you. <laughs> that's yours. Oh, you want me to open uh, it and read it? or Give this one to Jess here. Jess isn't feeling good either. Oh, you guys are all sick. <laughs> yep, go ahead and open it. We got to read them. And we're going to wrap up here right on time today. All right, let's see. Go ahead, Rocky. You want to start? Okay. 
You don't want to read yours? Oh, she's thinking about it. <laughs> Big Red, you want to read yours? All right, now. Remember, I grew. I went to Detroit schools. I only know how to skip, scam, and survive. So excuse my pronunciation. That's okay. Everyone has a photographic memory. Oh. Some just don't have film. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Go ahead, Jess. Uh, you will enjoy peace and harmony in life. Ooh. All right, I can get behind that. That's a good one. And mine says, happier days are definitely ahead of you. Mine says, beauty is not in the face, it is in the light in the heart. Oh, wow. Why were you hesitating? You didn't like that one? No, I just... You just weren't sure? I understand. I'm like, light and heart, what? (laughs) What? What? You're not feeling good. All right, so the one-legged biker motivational amputee coach, you can find his Facebook uh, the phone number again is 313-693-3738. Again, Big Red, thank you so much for your time oh, today. I really appreciate it. Story with us. We're going to end it with Twisted Sister in honor of Big Red, but before yep. that. And remember, sometimes the only available mode of transportation is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith with us, and happy hump day. Happy hump day. Yeah.